everyone. This is Sean Duberback. And uh, this is Ross Rubin. Joining you for another week to discuss the latest news and the implications for the broader industry. And certainly uh, this week we see Amazon jump to the front. Last week was really an Apple week. Uh, This week, still some Apple news with some of the reviews being released. But but the big launches and announcements this week uh, come from Amazon. Uh, Initial thoughts there, Ross? you know, Sean, this was um, could could hardly have been more different than the Apple event last week. You had weeks, if not months, of speculation about what Apple was going to announce. We certainly knew there was going to be new phones, whereas this Amazon event came out of the blue. We know that they've been releasing a lot of new Echo devices over the past few years, but there were only hints here and there of what they might be talking about this week. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a very strong product contrast, too, whereas the Apple event, as we mentioned last week, was very focused on mobile, uh, two very strong product categories for Apple, the iPhone, of course, and the Apple Watch, where they have a lot of momentum. Here, it was sprayed against the wall. It was uh, just a a wide range of products. We can talk more about kind of how they were grouped together in terms of different uh, kinds of function. But I would say it's, you know, it's almost as if this were in, in a universe where the smartphone almost doesn't exist, you know, as opposed to Apple, where so much is focused on the iPhone and it's such a driver for them. Here, the Echo systems just sort of are a lot of these purpose-built products that don't have much of a relationship to a smartphone at all. Yeah, and I I think, to your first point, you definitely see Amazon taking a different tack, and they are trying to be uh, the underwhelming showman, if you will. Anybody who has product in the marketplace is having events in September or October They're launching in advance of the holiday season. So we should know that Amazon will have an event in September. They'll have another event next September, but they clearly make a much smaller splash with respect to it. And then they launched a slew of products, as you mentioned, in about an hour and a half. So much shorter time period than Apple, uh, much less choreographed, at, at least on the surface, than Apple. And uh, you see it's really about just getting these products into market, making a quick announcement, and then throwing them up on the site. And if you go to the site, you'll see that it's dominated by Alexa Storylines. And and that's true enough for Apple as well. If you go to their site, you'll see they're heavily featuring the new iPhone, of course. Uh, we're recording this on launch day. And uh, the, the watch, uh, of course. And I think, Sean, to your point, sometimes that works for them because the Alexa proposition is so clear in some of the products because they're so simple and there's really not much else to explain except that it is a gateway for Alexa in some ways. In, in other ways, they, the products are a bit more complex or obscure and they probably would have been helped a little bit more by going into more detail about the value proposition. So I thought about this lineup in a couple of different ways, maybe four different families of products. There have been the traditional 
Echo products that they enhanced, like the, the Dot and the Show. There were these very speculative new categories like the clock and the DVR and the car adapter. There was the microwave, which is a, a very, of course, traditional product, high volume product that they are enabling with uh, Alexa. Uh, and, um, and then there was, uh, you know, kind of this, this move into multi-room audios, very audio-focused push where they had products like the new subwoofer, uh, and it's clear that they are making a stronger push into multi-room audio, something that Sonos uh, was probably very concerned about as they started incorporating Alexa uh, last year. So uh, does that sort of line up with how, how you've seen some of the products being grouped? Yeah, I, I think that's a great way of bucketing the products. And to me, the most interesting are the, those two in the middle. It's these new areas mm. of experimentation, and then it's these other categories that are adjacent to uh, an Amazon Echo today, things like the, the microwave. I, I see them in many ways as beachhead products. And I feel like they acknowledge this in the announcements and in the releases. We're going to try to get these products into the environment. And then after the fact, we'll figure out exactly how users want to use them. Uh, it, it's my sense from my research that uh, these devices were showing up first and foremost in bedroom, excuse me, in kitchens. And then following that, they started to show up in bedrooms. And so you see a lot of those use case scenarios focused on those, those categories. So a microwave makes a lot of sense. You're interacting with the microwave in the room where there's been an Alexa now for a, a couple of years in some instances. Uh, to me, those are the most interesting categories where they're experimenting and then also where they're extending into into new areas. Hmm. Well, it's clear, you know, it, it almost seems like an understatement to say that they want Alexa everywhere. That's been evident uh, for some time, of course, but it also seems like they're trying to invent a lot of new scenarios some of these for, for example, the car make a lot of sense. You know, we have seen a couple of Alexa products for the car already. And, uh, you know, this just sort of extends that. I wonder what the impact is uh, on some of their partner ecosystems by them going in some of these directions, because there are a number of companies on the margin, you know, that are not companies with real franchises in certain categories like like a like a Sonos or uh, or a Harman Kardon or you know one, one of those established brands that's so strongly identified with a <laughs> excuse me with a with a product um, category and are they are they trying to inspire developers third-party companies to come on in and and show that this ecosystem is open for experimentation or are they scaring off some of these guys? You know, there was early on when they first introduced the show and, and they revised that here, which I thought was kind of an interesting move because it was so criticized for its high price point and they kept it at a pretty yeah. high price point, although they've uh, uh, made it, uh, made the screen bigger. And then there had been another developer of, of a, 
intercom-like device in the home that uh, was concerned. They said, look, we took a, a chance on Alexa, and uh, you know, we feel this is competitive. Uh, and I, I think that's going to be the case for a number of small companies looking to play here. Indeed, you know, a lot of some of these products seem like the kinds of things you would see on Kickstarter. Uh, Definitely. That clock. So, so I actually <laughs> like the clock. I mean, to me, the clock is an example of the lines blurring between what's physical and what's digital. And for so long, we've seen the digital aspect of our lives swallowing everything that was happening in the physical space. So maps on our mobile phone take over physical maps. Uh, you know, the camera gets consumed by the, the mobile phone. All of these experiences, both hardware and, and other uh, objects in the physical space are being consumed by the smartphone. And now we're seeing it move in the other direction. So it's, it's interesting to me to see how you're seeing things that are happening in the digital space, digital timers, now start to materialize and manifest themselves in the physical world. So I, I like the idea of a clock, of being able to just look up and see uh, the, the time uh, that's left on a timer and having some of that information. And at $30, it seems like it's a pretty low price point. Um, and so I, to me, I think there's some really interesting potentials there. And obviously, I think this is just an experiment. It's something that they will, sure. will test out. But I like the idea of things moving from the digital world into the physical world. It's uh, Well, I'm all about that, too, as long as it provides some palpable value uh, in a lot of these IOT projects get a bad rap for having the digital component of them, not really adding a lot of value. So per the clock, yes, just like uh, as for the, the echo show or the spot, the idea that there's this glanceable surface that you can look at. And indeed the first echo products themselves, right. were just really, you know, voice enhanced speakers. Uh, but they added value to that speaker category because now you were able to access information and functionality without having to pull the, without having to have a wearable strapped to your wrist or some other part of your body. So it was this natural mode of interaction. Maybe that's a lot of the promise of Alexa, this idea that it's transparent and, you don't have to think about the interaction beforehand is, is perhaps a, a lot of the appeal. You know, you, you'll have this smart microwave. It will know the recipes. You'll tell it, hey, make this popcorn, and then it'll happen. And, and you don't have to, uh, uh, you know, invest in the popcorn too much in, in the popcorn making app and, and be served ads for, you know, seven different kinds of, of microwave, other other kinds of microwave popcorn, and it'll just make the popcorn. Um, so uh, what do you think about the, the new show? Um, I think this has been a real interesting area where this voice product, uh, a voice-first product, is now starting to sprout screens and it's a very new way of of dealing with the screen as a secondary uh output as opposed to sort of the main way of interaction that we think about on on a pc or or so i think there's plenty of times that we want to have something on a screen and maybe the first interface is voice but the second 
experience that we have then gives us some visual representation. Uh, we, we saw also that Skype is being integrated and coming to that. So you'll be able to do, do video chats. And, you know, we've had other announcements this week that talk about video chats on devices. And we can talk more about that. I think the idea of really trying to drive voice, voice uh, commerce is key to have, a, to have a screen initially. And right now, most people are having to turn <laughs> to their mobile phone and then go to the Alexa browser to, to see what products were pulled up. So if I say to Alexa, order me X, Y, or Z, I might also want to see which items were picked uh, with respect to X, Y, and Z. Right. Good for confirmation. Yeah, at, least initially, at least initially. Yeah. So I think we could see those initial purchases start to show up in, a, in an Echo Show environment. And I think that what you have happening here is Amazon is looking at the user history, the frequency with which we're saying things at an aggregated level and then saying, well, why don't we experiment with this? I'm sure that if you were to have access to the Alexa data set, you would see that there's a plethora of people who are setting microwave timers. So why not then build it in directly into the microwave? And I can... No, I'm sorry, so I think they, uh, you know, they definitely are positioning all of these products and Alexa generally as this ambient experience in the home and in all of these other environments to move us away from the, the smartphone. And they have that luxury, as you pointed out, because they don't have a smartphone. And so they can try to push us away from defaulting to our device. And And not only do they... Uh, don't have the quote constraint of a smartphone. Obviously, there are some pros and cons to that market position, but they also have uh, incredible ways to match up what we're what we may be saying, the behaviors of what we're saying in the home, to the vast data storehouse of what people are buying through more traditional mobile and web-based <laughs> commerce. It feels a little silly to call that traditional, but certainly compared to this, it's traditional. Uh, and, and on the other side of that equation, to promote these products, not only their own products, again, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the difference between Apple featuring their products on their homepage and Amazon featuring its new products on its homepage is that while Apple ha has a, a fantastic online uh, sales business, Amazon, of course, is, you know, that's, that's core to their DNA. So they are very strongly set up to have you transact on, on a lot of these new products. And that's not just a point in favor for their first party products, but it also acts as a powerful incentive uh, back to what we were saying before about the impact on the third parties, for them to integrate Alexa. And I have spoken to quite a few companies that have integrated Alexa in large part because they thought that it would result in better promotion at Amazon. And they're, they're probably right on and, that front. And I think Amazon really values these third parties, at least for now, and really wants them to integrate and to build out products, even if Amazon was the first to enter into that space. So I think Amazon would love to see additional higher end microwaves come into marketplace that have Alexa built in. 
uh, they kept referring to all of these things as reference designs and talking about how they wanted <laughs> others to enter that space. Whether that's true down the road remains to be seen, but they, they've priced the APIs at zero. So they're really trying to encourage right. uh, individuals to come to these platforms. They announced some new development tools to help develop for things like the redesigned Echo Show and developing with, with products that have a screen. And so I think you're really gonna continue to see them push the developers into these spaces. They've put out some initial products. And again, I see this as a giant data grab. Uh, I think that Amazon has done this in a number of different ways. If you look at when they brought uh, NFL, live NFL games to Amazon, I think they were trying to do that to understand who's watching, how are they watching, when are they watching, what, sure. and all of the data that goes around this. So I see some of this as leveraging the, the data that exists, but also seeking out new data. And that's why I refer to these really as beachhead products, because they can get it into the environment and understand use case scenarios. The car is a great example with, with the Echo Auto, 50 bucks, and you can throw it in there. It ties into routines. So it has you know location awareness. It can set smart home routines into place when you pull in the house. But more importantly, it can see the type of interactions that you have in that car and start to build out other products as a result. And, and it's also a very powerful tool to in, in terms of negotiations with car brands and manufacturers saying, look at what look at how much more engaged uh, your your drivers and passengers have been when you've had Alexa in in the car. You know, there's real value there for your customer. There's an opportunity for you to build skills and services on top of that to maintain the customer touch relationship. Uh, so there's there's a lot of value there. And the final place to probably close the loop in terms of where their you know where where their influence uh, is uh, is moving is in physical stores and so we also saw news that they are planning you know a few months uh, on the heels of the the whole foods acquisition uh, they are looking to build out these Amazon Go stores, the cashierless store that they have uh, in Seattle, uh, and essentially turn this into a, a nationwide concept, which I think on, on some level uh, could be a, a reinvention of, uh, of retail um, in, in a number of, of categories. And it's certainly key to their uh, grocery ambitions where the battle with Walmart uh, just just keeps intent you know this really seems like the 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 brass ring in terms of trying to grab as much of this uh, massive category as uh, as they can yeah, and, and again here I think this is an experiment to see how how this ends up being deployed and the early rumors that were that there'd be over 3,000 stores deployed by but that by is a huge yeah, I mean, to put that into perspective, Walmart yeah. has what five thousand plus stores. There's eight eight thousand plus Seven right. Elevens in the in the U.S. So if they're able to in thirty six months deploy uh, three thousand stores nationwide, uh, that that's a, a phenomenal feat. 
so we'll we'll see. Well, especially because, as I think we may have said last week, they don't even have cashierless checkout at their Amazon books stores. You know that they have in a, I guess, a, a handful of cities now. So, um, so yes, to essentially go from that to thousands of stores, I, I agree, would be. Uh, uh, an amazing uh, well, and rollout, and it's an incredible so. in- investment as well. Uh, the numbers I saw were around a million dollars in hardware sure. for the original Seattle store. Uh, you know, they plan to have ten by the end of 2018 and fifty by the end of next year. Uh, but that's a tremendous amount of capital that's going into these stores. While you may not be paying for labor, you certainly are paying for that footprint in, in other ways. And so, what products do you end uh-huh. up? selling from from these outlets uh the the novelty will drive individuals into the store initially but when the novelty shares off do people continue to come in here to to buy things well i you know i think some of it depends on what the pricing looks like and i i don't know what it looks like in the seattle store but uh the and, and i think the other variable is how quickly if at all do competitors respond um, you know, you talk about the price to implement uh, this stuff in a, in a new store scenario. What about to retrofit? You know, I imagine that, that would be very painful uh, for for a lot of uh, their competitors. So, um, you know, and, and would raise all kinds of, of, of labor issues and community issues. So uh, it, it, it could be a provocative move uh from that perspective, just putting pressure on competitors, um, of course, building their own business, but, but by comparison, trying to show what, what a better retail experience uh, can possibly could be. And indeed, that's in, in many ways what they did online. Um, and, and that's you know why they have grown so much and why they're customer sat scores are are always so high and how they've done such a great job of building uh, customer customer trust um, you know over the past few years originally it was about savings you know first couple of years but but certainly for the past five years probably more it's really been about the relationship uh, with the customer and of course, a lot of that has been driven De- through crime. Ease of use and being able to deliver on what was promised is a, a big reason why you see customers going there. Uh, I would argue that you know, price is, is a secondary or tertiary re- reason why consumers are now shopping there. So, and, and I think that will continue for, for a long while. Okay. Well, um, speaking of trust and uh, customer relationships and uh, Alexa, there uh, is a lot of discussion that next week Facebook will be introducing uh, its own product, uh, perhaps the first that uh, first hardware device really that's been branded by Facebook. Of course, they uh, they own Oculus, which which produces. Uh, a number of, uh, of devices, but um, uh, this uh, product is apparently called Portal. It's been rumored for quite some time, and it is some kind of 
agent-driven video chat product that has some kind of face detection? Am I leaving any details out there, or does that line up pretty well with uh, what most of yeah, the reports have been? Yeah, there's also been reports that it'll integrate Amazon Alexa so you can play music and watch videos and get news briefs or li- listen to right. podcasts like this one. So it will uh, integrate other platform capabilities as well. So what, what, why does Facebook want this product? Um, does it just, is it, is it all about just having people spend more time on Facebook so you can, I mean, I, maybe, maybe a, a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, great, you know, an opportunity for Facebook to uh, serve people more ads. But now they are trying to scale back a little bit on that. And they say that it's all about, creating memorable moments for consumer, you know, more quality of life for, for the customer. So what is this? I, I'm just having a bit of a hard time figuring out what this does that isn't in the market already, including uh, from the Echo Show, which, which we were just discussing. Yeah, I mean, my sense is Facebook loves video and they have long had a focus on video and they feel like, that video isn't getting the respect that it should outside of the browser or the app experience. And so they want to drive that into other domains and feel like the only way to do that is by launching their own hardware. This will be the, you know, the first time Facebook has really moved into hardware. If you exclude Oculus, which they, which they purchased, of course. So uh, I think it's, still this deep-seated belief that video will be core to how we interact with friends and family moving forward. I think if you do look at younger cohorts, perhaps this becomes an attractive piece for them, or or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's bifurcated. Maybe this is a really attractive piece of hardware for an older audience, and you want to be able to reach out to your grandmother or your grandfather, and so this is a great device that you can put in their living room or in their kitchen and, and call them over, uh, over video. To your point, there are other products that will accomplish that same feat, but it, it feels to me like they have always been very focused on user-generated video and want to continue to see that expanded. So the, the idea of, Connecting with grandma, that's an interesting idea. I would say that, uh, again, the Echo Show is also kind of marketed that way as as a possible application. I do think that the content creation aspect of it, though, I, I really like that angle, particularly when you factor in Instagram. So Facebook has been, you know, to your point, they have been really particularly infatuated with video since the rise of, of YouTube uh, and uh, you know, as, as YouTube has grown uh, it has become a, a destination for a lot of eyeballs and basically Facebook and YouTube are the video advertising destinations uh, on, on the web. So, so if they could provide a way uh, for creators or, you know, people who just want to create, their versions, I guess, of their own kind of 
vlogs, uh, video podcasts, what have you, an easy way to do that, uh, rather than having people type in status updates, there may be, there would certainly be some value uh, for them, both on the creator and audience side, particularly uh, since you brought up the, the younger cohort, uh, Instagram, which of course is uh, the, the influence of which it's hard to overstate uh, in, uh, in that demographic. And uh, they have, of course, been making a, a much bigger video push there. And, you know, it, it's kind of a could, could be a nice compliment to say Instagram was one of the early applications that really was a native smartphone play. You know, it was a, it was a good early example of an application, unlike Facebook, that just really could not live outside the mobile phone. You know, it was, it was really a mobile-first application. But there could also be value in creating, you know, selfies and short videos uh, within the home. Uh, so when you talk about kind of like this multiple face detection, uh, the idea that, you know, uh, a, a teenager or a young adult with a, with a couple of friends uh, creates a video, you know, a short video program, that's something that might not be as practical with a smartphone on the go. You know, at home, you're more relaxed. You can think about things for a little bit. The content could be conceivably more relevant, more interesting, more intimate, higher production values. We'll have to see what they do. But certainly the ability to publish on, on Instagram uh, is, is a huge conduit. Well, so and them. think back to the Betamax when we originally saw the launch of VCRs. The focus early on was on the record button, and as it turned out, consumers cared a lot less about the record button and a lot more about the play button. And so, while the studios initially fought the Betamax, and it passed, and, and you know, won a important Supreme Court case by a five to four decision, it ultimately ended up being a huge growth opportunity for those studios and ended up being a huge area uh, of consumption for households. Maybe this is much more about a play button than a record button. And at, to your point, uh, maybe this is about getting influencers an opportunity to get into the home and driving influencers, whether they're showing up on Instagram or on Facebook into the home. Uh, and maybe it's a way to help them broadcast from their native environment. So maybe there's an authenticity that will be born from this. Of course, it's an influencer's authenticity, so it's really not very authentic. But the the <laughs> idea that these influencers that have tr tremendous number of followers might stream from their kitchen, you know, or their living room or their back porch, and people can consume that in their kitchen. So maybe the the future of cooking shows is a, a live demonstration from an influencer into your home and you cook it alongside them in your own home well from your device so maybe there's a way that they see this entering into other rooms and extending that video experience for influencers and i i've written in the past about you know this idea of the return of small screens in the home and uh you know goodness knows uh what what we would do if there were 
10 minutes uh, in which we wouldn't be able to uh, connect with the Kardashians. Uh, but um, uh, one thing that Facebook has been very good at has been uh, resurfacing memories, right? They are the de facto place where consumers share photos and videos, uh, certainly between Facebook and Instagram, that's, that's the case. Uh, and uh, they haven't gone overboard with it, which I think has been part of the reason why it's been effective. But, but they've been pretty good about saying, hey, five years ago, this is what was going on with your life. And, and we've seen a number of uh, picture frame companies try to do a little bit of this work, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more as uh, AI improves and people build in more machine learning algorithms. But Facebook is in a unique, uh, a unique position uh, with which to resurface these, uh, these memories, not only because they have the image content and the video content, but because they understand the context or even if they don't fully understand it, they, they have access to a lot of it. So, the more you put in, the more you can get out of it is, is kind of the proposition. And if you invest the time in Facebook uh, to record what's going on in your life or how you're feeling about things going on in your life, uh, then maybe the payback, if you will, uh, is, is not just the easy sharing, right, which has been Mark Zuckerberg's you know, uh, North Star in terms of what he wants Facebook to do. But the idea that, you know, you can, you can relive more of these memories. You can understand things better in context because that is uh, a difficult thing to do. You know, we take billions of, of photos collectively and they go into a cloud somewhere and they, I wouldn't say they die, but, you know, it, it's, it's difficult for us to derive even casually, you know, the, the kind of joy that people have experienced just passing around a photo album with, you know, a tiny subset of, of the number of photos that we take. These uh, and maybe this is a way for Facebook to move into entirely new categories that are adjacent to what they have historically done. Uh, you take a look at how Gen Z is using YouTube. It's their go-to spot for how-to videos. When they try to figure something out, whether it's Khan Academy and math homework or anything else, playing an instrument, singing a song, you name it, they're defaulting to YouTube and trying to figure something out. Maybe Facebook sees an opportunity there by moving some of these smaller screens into rooms where those how-to videos make a lot of sense. A garage, for example, or any anywhere else and maybe it's tied to some of their other initiatives we saw this week that they launched dating in colombia and while it's technically isolated from the traditional facebook interface it's housed within the same app and you can unlock events and groups that you're a part of to see if there's other people in that group or event who have done the same so you can see if there's people who are going to the same things you're going to that are also single and, and interested in dating and Maybe video chat becomes a big piece of that. Uh, we know from you know other dating platforms that people are uh, texting a lot before they, they go and meet each other. Maybe video becomes a key piece of that. And you've already seen some of the other dating platforms 
open up the ability to do video. So maybe uh, maybe this is where Facebook portal goes, some of these adjacent areas that they haven't really fully entered yet. Well, I, I will say that dating is, is a fascinating application for Facebook, particularly since it has been such a, a lucrative category of apps and services. But a lot of that has been because of the business model that keeps people engaged and, and paying for access and paying for more points and exposure. And, you know, I've, uh, I've been out of that world for uh, for a long time. Uh, but um, the, you know, given that, that Facebook really hasn't pursued much of a premium service model, uh, I think it has some interesting uh, business model implications for them, but but a real fascinating uh, area for them that I, you know, we, we're really not going to have time to delve into today, maybe as the, uh, as the offering becomes more widespread. On the content side, you mentioned YouTube, and it's probably pretty safe to say that uh, Facebook will, you know, this, this product will not have uh, a YouTube app, so it will perhaps suffer for that the same way that the Amazon uh, video product, particularly the show, of course, uh, has uh, suffered because it is, um, you know, a, a rival ecosystem to Google's and uh, they really, uh, they, they haven't been able to come to terms. So, so yes, you're, you're right. For things like how-to videos, uh, YouTube is, is the king of those things. And uh, while Facebook does have a lot of video, it really has not been organized. Uh, I think Facebook has tried a few things, but it really hasn't been presented and organized uh, and cross-referenced uh, anywhere nearly as effectively as, uh, as YouTube has done it. So is this a chance to start over or is it a bit of a catch-22 because they don't have the content? I think you know most of the discussion has been on this uh, on video chat and I think probably that and the uh, th this idea of short posting updates as a content creation uh, tool with particular relevance for Instagram seems to make the most sense to me. But um, I guess we will find out next yeah, week. Yeah, and I can envision sitting down, planning a trip somewhere, and wanting to see who of my friends have been here. What photos did they take? What videos, what what videos did they take? And so rather than going to YouTube or going to Google and searching photos of San Francisco or wherever you're, you know, wherever you're going, if you could query that within the Facebook universe and, and maybe that's a way of creating a more meaningful experience and a more meaningful relationship is if I can see who's been there within my own circle of influence and then go out to them directly and say, Hey, I saw this video. Do you have any, recommendations or I saw your post on this do you have any recommendations and being able to do that in a much more um, sit back consumption style where you're at a table or you're somewhere else and you're consuming it on a small screen using that voice to drive some of the search feature and functionality uh, maybe there's new ways of accessing this trove of information that Facebook has De definitely I would agree there's opportunity there I think it would have implications for what their desktop app and mobile app looks like. I think you make a, a, a decent case that it's a better way to interact with uh, Facebook, particularly as they've been trying to get away from this idea of the feed a little bit, or, or at least de-emphasize it as this 
chronological listing of, of things going on. And uh, given the, again, tremendous knowledge that uh, Facebook has about things happening in, in the world of your friends and beyond, uh, th- that kind of interface, uh, particularly one that had a strong voice-driven interaction, could could be very powerful. Um, but I, I think it would definitely represent uh, a very new direction for them I, th- I think it would be somewhat risky to roll that out with a new device at the beginning. But on the other hand, uh, you, you can make the case that it, it's, it's, it's all about integrating the, the user experience, right? And if this is a, a new form factor device, it doesn't have a keyboard, it's not all about text, then there's a, there's a case to be made that, well, you know, this is the perfect device to roll that kind of experience out. And, and you really see from both companies, they're introducing hardware in order to extend beyond their traditional area of influence to drive greater use beyond the, those core areas, whether it's the map, the, the app or the browser in Facebook's instance, or whether it's just the echo device and suite of products within Amazon's uh, world. So really driving beyond just that, those initial gateways, if you will, to these potentially new areas, which will then in turn perhaps create entirely new use case scenarios. Well, in Amazon's case, it, it, it seems pretty straightforward, right? Drive, drive usage of Alexa uh, and drive transactions uh, and potentially increase the, the value of the prime relationship. Although I would say that they have other uh, efforts and initiative more focused on that right now. It's less about the hardware. Uh, and so it, we'd be left to assume then uh, for Facebook, uh, barring any, any new uh, directions or imperative, if we, again, move more toward that uh, corporate DNA, that it, it has to tie back to sharing somehow. So, um We'll we'll see if it if it delivers on that. We will see, and I think that's a great place to end it. Again, I'm Sean Dubervac. You can find me on Twitter at Sean Dubervac, and I'm Ross Rubin. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Rubin. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>